Greetings! Welcome to Film Gazers, a podcast focusing on the science fiction, horror, fantasy, trinity, and 20th century entertainment. I'm Steph. I'm Jess. We're cousins slash besties. Join us as we reminisce, discuss, and review films from our childhood. <laughs> um, all right. Meowdy. Meowdy. <laughs> oh, first and foremost, oh. happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Happy birthday to you. It was my birthday this week. I'm 36 years old. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm officially middle aged now. It's, uh, I feel like that's still young, still. It is. In your prime. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, in three years, you'll look back and be like, that was my prime. Yeah, no, it's true. So, uh, yeah, I had a very chill birthday. Uh, Jess and I on Tuesday went out into the woods. Mm-hmm. It was fun. We did some forest bathing. Yes. And uh, sat on the shore of the sound, which was very nice. Very relaxing. <laughs> We're going to sound crazy saying this. Because I'm like, man, I just remember it was like such a nice cooler day. Because it was only 89 degrees. <laughs> exactly. And, and instead of 106. Uh-huh. So it was it was a wonderful day to go. It was brisk. It was a brisk, balmy <laughs> 90 it was like 96 i think when we left that day but still that was like actually cooler than it has been because there was a breeze yeah there was a breeze it was it was shady under the trees exactly it was a little humid when you were like mid trail because you're just surrounded by like thicker vegetation (laughs) um but no it was great we saw one snake Mm -hmm. and we saw a crane which was very cool. Yeah. And then we also saw two skinks. One of them a blue-tailed skink, which I was very excited about. If you're into that kind of stuff, I suggest you look them up. They're pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we um, had a really fun, like, nature day. And then the next day with my husband, we did, like, a really chill day. I even... <laughs> so, I even had... We had made reservations at this, like, fancy Italian restaurant that was over in the next town over. The fancy, like, touristy rich people town so i had every intention of kind of going and we went out i wanted to go do breakfast at like this place that we really like to go do breakfast at and then like after breakfast i was just kind of like you know what i'm not gonna want to drive out there and do that it's my birthday don't don't wanna i don't give a shit about how good this italian food is supposed to be it's fucking noodles and i don't think it's gonna be as good as people are saying it is i just feel like it's gonna happen to where we get all the way out there and then i'd be like meh I should have stayed home. Yeah, so canceled it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I just want Thai takeout. So I took actually this whole week off. I've been on like a little mini vacation. Well, like staycation, I guess, rather. It's not mini because it was a full week. Yeah. <laughs> and we're getting at the end of it. And I'm very sad. But the beginning of September is bringing, um, technically for a lot of people, this is when their spooky season begins. Um, I did start my decorating, so I did get that done this week. Your house looks great. Thank you. It's so cute. (laughs) (laughs) And then also, and, uh, we've mentioned them before. We are in a group, um, on Facebook and it's called Geeks United. Every year he kicks off like spooky season and we do like a group watch. So that's kind of fun. And then we'll all like group chat 
And that's what we did this year. And we did Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which I was like, oh, perfect. Because I watch it every year. And this will be my, <laughs> my yearly watch. So, um, yeah. So, me and Jess did that. Um, September 1st, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, it was the first day of September we kicked that off. Um, I think everyone enjoyed themselves. Yeah, it was fun. Mm -hmm. It was fun. So while everyone else might be starting spooky season, um, which we did last year on the podcast, we started it fairly early. Um, this year, we're actually going to do a renaissance. <laughs> Wasn't expecting it. <laughs> and we're having a little um, Brendan Fraser appreciation month. Mm -hmm. Uh, just because he's a fun guy. And we always really enjoyed him as an actor. And we were happy uh, with the success of his Oscar win and everything. Mm -hmm. And it's good to see him, like, back into the limelight. Yes, I'm loving that he's making a comeback. Mm-hmm. So, we're going to begin with Monkey Bone. Uh, and then the next episode will be Encino Man as Jess's choice. I was um, talking to Dave. Dave is... Uh, Huge Brendan Fraser. Oh, I, I'm sorry. He told me it's actually pronounced Fraser. Oh. Like laser. Oh. He said he remember watching an interview when Brendan Fraser, it's going to be hard for me to say, was <laughs> like first, you know, coming out. Mm. And that's what he said in the interview. He's like, it's actually Fraser, like laser. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh, I've never heard that. And he's like, well, he doesn't correct people. Because he's like, whatever. Yeah. He's the... And I was like, well, it's because Frasier came out. I guarantee that's why. <laughs> so, other than uh, that, what else have you been doing? What you been watching? Um, me and my mom have been watching Only Murders in the Building. Oh, nice. I, I remember I watched the first episode when it first came out. And I was like, eh. I didn't really care for it. Like, I didn't get into it. But this go-around, I'm really enjoy enjoying it. I've watched the first season, I mm -hmm. believe. And I think that was it, and it was, like, on a cliffhanger, and I had to wait, I think, for it to come out, and then I just, like, kind of Lost forgot. interest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, it's been a year later, <laughs> <laughs> right. and I don't really remember anything. Yeah, I'll either have to watch it all over again, but um, usually I'm not a fan of Martin Short. I um, love Martin Short. He's always been I, so irritating to I me. I love, I've always, Jiminy Glick, to me, is the worst. Perfect. <laughs> He is the worst. <laughs> no, I love him. I love Jiminy Glick. Uh, no, I hate him. I... It's so annoying. It's I'm like, like, I would never it's so funny. be in the same room with this person. <laughs> yeah, no, I just, I loved it. I've always loved Martin Short. Yeah. So has he grown on you in this one? In this one, I love Isn't him. Isn't he adorable in this he, one? He is. Like, he's, um nails the character. Yeah. So, no, he's yeah. great. And him and Steve Martin together are great. Oh, yeah. I mean, they've always worked well mm -hmm. together. Um, and Selena Gomez, I enjoy... Yeah, she bounce, yeah, she plays off them well. Man. Yeah, exactly. Her humor and the way she delivers mm -hmm. meshes well with. I mean, they're comedy legends, yeah, so you exactly. know that, that she can even hold her own is impressive. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so That's I give her I was, that. Exactly what I was because I wasn't really familiar with her music or her acting or anything like that. To be honest, mm -hmm. like. I was a little older, I think, when she was, like, kind of popular with, like, the teenagers and stuff, and I just kind of always missed the Selena Gomez train, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I've heard a few of her songs from, like, you know, mm -hmm. just listening to the pop radio. Oh, <laughs> I, I could not name you one. 
So you got off uh, your botched kick? Yes, I finished botched. Um, and then I took a break from... No, I, I'm still kind of watching House in between. Mm-hmm. Oh, I started watching <laughs> Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dive-Ins. Oh. <laughs> fall asleep on the couch a couple times to that <laughs> so show. That, it's a very soothing show to fall asleep to. <laughs> like Guy Fieri's voice, singing sleep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we're still watching Dragon Ball Z, um, but again, we are after a really big arc, so there's always like a kind of another setup. So we're just like casually doing that uh, to where movie night has picked up again. Mm-hmm. So I picked out where the crawdads, <laughs> crawdads, <laughs> <laughs> where the crawdads sing. Um, I didn't like it really. Uh, mm. I didn't realize it was going to be a love story. So that I was like, ah. I thought this was going to be, like, all murder mystery. (laughs) It's fucking love story lame. (laughs) So, the only thing I really, really enjoyed about it was, like, the aesthetic. Like, swamp living lifestyle. Like, I was about that. Like, the dream home for me was her shitty little swamp house. Like, I was, like, swamp witch vibes. I loved it. I loved the way everything looked. I really like the marshes. Like last year when we went to Savannah, Georgia, we really got to see like the marshes like that, you know, and they really are like so cool and breathtaking. So I give like the atmosphere, location, landscape of the movie 10 out of 10, but the story, ooh, 4 out of 10. <laughs> uh, I liked it. I wanted to like it more, but yeah. it just wasn't what I was anticipating. So then I was like more disappointed than anything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was, uh, and Andrew didn't like it. <laughs> uh, and then it was, uh, we went through another one that was his night and he chose Friday the 13th, part eight, <laughs> Jason <Damn>. takes Manhattan. <laughs> yes. I have never seen it. I haven't really seen many of the Friday the 13th. I had only really seen the first one. Um, and we did that with the group watch. Oh, that's uh, right. That was another Geeks United uh, group watch we did one year. Who's the <laughs> villain? <in that? laughs> it's Jason. Okay, and Jason is the, the first Hockey one. Hockey mask. Well, the first one, it's his mom right. that's the killer. That's the beauty of... Okay. I. When I went back and we watched it the first one, because I was like, oh, yeah. like And it is. It's a fun slasher. Uh, The first one's great, in my opinion, with it being the mom. Like, genius. Very cool. Because they killed her son. Yeah. And then the only Jason you see is, like, the end when a little swamp boy pops up. And he's all, like, deformed looking. And that was a Tom Savini. (laughs) Like, he did that. Um, But then I guess the second one came out later. So I guess apparently... This will kind of just segues into what I've been watching. It was for my birthday. I asked Andrew to also get me a year subscription of Shudder. Mm-hmm. So I have that now. So I really got into the uh, behind the monster. So I've been, I just watched the, the Jason one. Yeah. And it was fun to see like he's all, all these reiterations. And it was finally like I didn't realize how much later it was when the hockey mask came in. They did a couple of movies, and I guess the third one, he just has a bag over his <laughs> over his face with an eyeball cut out. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I had no idea. I've never. Yeah, because like I said, I never I've was never 
was a big, yeah, Friday the 13th was not my franchise. So that was funny. It, uh, I really recommend the show. So if you have Shudder and you haven't checked out that one yet, um, it's been a lot of fun. We watched the part eight. And Andrew had seen that one, so that was why he was like, oh, let's watch part eight, because it's really bad. And I'm like, okay, cool. Oh, my God, was it bad. Yeah. So, yeah, it was um, it was really funny, though. So we got a good laugh out of some of it. Um, other than that, I don't really recommend it. It's not a very good movie. But if you just want, you know, something real stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and get a few guffaws out of guffaws. it. I recommend that. In this episode, we watched 2001's Monkey Bone. Mm -hmm. The release date was February 23rd, 2001. Running time, 93 minutes. Mwah. Yeah. You think it's a sweet spot. I think it actually kind of hurt this movie, though. Thought I think, it was too short? Yeah, I think it should have been longer. Mm. To have... We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> uh, directed by Henry Selleck. Screenplay by Sam Hamm. Based on Dark Town by Kaja Blackley and illustrated by Vanessa Chong. It was produced by Michael Barnathan <laughs> <laughs> and Mark Radcliffe. It was starring Brendan Fraser. Yes. Bridget Fonda. It was in Single White Female. I know. And then I'm like, oh yeah, Bridget Fonda. <laughs> and Rose McGowan. Uh, yeah, Rose McGowan, Chris Catan, Whoopi Goldberg, uh, Juan Carlo Esposito, yes, that Juan Carlo of Breaking Bad fame. Yes. And then it's John Totoro is the voice of Monkey Bone. I know, I saw that. <laughs> I was like, did they like speed up his voice or? No, I was saying it was all him. Like he's just a good voice actor. Uh, Megan Mullally uh, was a Kimmy, um, the sister. Mm -hmm. uh, Dave Foley um, as Herb. Yes. I love Dave Foley. I was a big... Um, kids in the Hall. Yeah, Kids in the mm -hmm. Hall fan. Uh, and then even Bob Odenkirk. I know, that was so funny. Yeah. I was like, oh, two guys that went on to be a Breaking Bad. Mm -hmm. Exactly, yeah. And they were always like... And they did start out like doing comedian work too, which I thought was funny because that was such a serious drama. Right. <laughs> um, and then there was also, just to mention, I thought this was fun, there was a guy named Roger L. Jackson, and he is Arnold the Super Reaper, uh, but... He's the voice of Ghostface Killer. So I just thought that was fun mm. that he was in there. I was like, oh my god, Ghostface Killer's <laughs> technically in this movie. The cinematography was by Andrew Dunn. It was edited by John Paul, or Paul, John Paul, uh, Nicholas C. Smith, and Mark Warner. Music was by Ann Dudley. So the budget was $75 million. Had a shit ton of money uh, to make this movie. Uh, the box office, 7.6. Oh. It, like, bomb-bombed. Yeah. I'll just get into the facts. Selleck received the first of what was to have been a series of 12 graphic comic books called Dark Town uh, by Kaja Blackley. And uh, the illustration is by Vanessa Chong. Uh, I did look this up. It's very hard to come by. Apparently, it was only the one was ever made. It was never even finished, to see, or at least published. Mm, um, so I think the creator um, does have all 12, possibly. But, like, we're never going to see it, I guess. Unless yeah. they were to self-publish, maybe. 
uh, it's very different because it was Selleck's idea and also a fellow screenwriter, Sam Hamm, who did uh, Batman, the 1989 Batman with, with them. Yeah, really? so they're all, yeah, they all kind of work with Burton. They are within that realm. That's why it does give you those vibes. Okay. Because um, Selleck also directed uh Coraline and then he did Nightmare Before Christmas as well mm -hmm. um you know a lot of people forget that Tim Burton didn't actually direct Nightmare it was this guy um so his wheelhouse too is very much stop motion like just to put that out there as well obviously okay. so like that's kind of more Henry Selleck's bread and butter so there's a quote though saying the original story was very ominous and portentous. Uh, each time we began to discuss the script though, we would start to kind of make fun of ourselves and we realized that the film should actually be a comedy and that's when the story kind of started to gel for us. Um, they said that the idea of actually having monkey bone, that is completely original in their part. So that isn't like the graphic novel, it's more of, oh, this is where you're going to dark town when you're in a coma. Like, so that's right. kind of where the comic story... And then, lucky <laughs> and, then <laughs> and then they uh, zhuzhed it up <laughs> when they were inspired uh, as well by Roger Rabbit, Cool World, and Beetlejuice um, were influences. I know, I almost forgot about Cool World. Yeah. And then I watched the trailer for it, and I was like, no recollection of that at all. <laughs> So the pre-production period lasted almost a year. Uh, the artists had to design everything. They did the 3D sculptures. Um, Selleck, he also storyboarded more than like two-thirds of the film. And then he also reproduced them and made Bibles for like each department. So he means fucking business. Like he, and that's why I said he is a stop motion guy. Like you have to be so organized. They have to have all these shots ready. And that is why the underworld scenes are like so fucking cool in this movie. So originally the character of Death was going to be more of like a balding, bespectacled accountant type. I even saw some rumor, I didn't see it repeated, so I don't know how true this is, but they were even thinking of, like, Christopher Walken, like, mm. voicing him, maybe. But the filmmakers met Whoopi Goldberg, and Selleck is quoted that Whoopi came down to our stages and was completely taken with the script as well as the designs. She also has a vast knowledge of animation, which really surprised and delighted me. So he was like, I decided we had to have her for the movie. Um, and they wanted to see how far they could go with the character and like how much they could kind of play death as a different type of, of character completely, you know, than what you're kind of used to seeing. I mean, I've always loved Whoopi Goldberg, mm -hmm. so Same. I enjoyed her in this. Yeah. And they're like, Whoopi fit the bill. So, and she yeah. was in, and she was into the idea of the, the film. Um, so yeah, obviously though, the movie was not received well at all. Um, from Roger Ebert, uh, February 23rd, 2000. He gave it 1.5 stars. <laughs> His quote was, The movie labors hard. The special effects are admirable. No expense has been spared, and yet the movie never takes off. It's a bright idea the filmmakers were just unable to breathe life into. Can't argue with that one. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, I do think it was a good idea. And I think they had a lot of effort into it, and just certain things just fall flat. 20 years later, Monkey Bone is still a complete disaster by Barry Worst on March 2021. So he's quoted, 20 years later, the expected Monkey Bone following still hasn't shown its face, <laughs> to which I'm grateful. 
I was like, okay, dick. (laughs) Like the monkey bone emblazoned hat with a tassel I was given after a screening, it has long been laughed off and discarded. (laughs) Like, damn. Yeah, he held no punches on his. Who who is this? This, uh, His name was Barry Worst. Oh, okay. Rose McGowan is one of the few, I believe, actors who still kind of acknowledge this movie, even. Well, she was great in it. Yes. And she's quoted on Instagram. She did do a post, I believe it was also around 2021. And uh, here it is. I'm quoting it. Uh, Here I am as Miss Kitty in a film called Monkey Bone. The movie would have been incredible, at least the underworld parts, if the men at 20th Century Fox, the suits... Hadn't fired the director, a true artist, Henry Selleck, about halfway through filming. A profoundly stupid move. Selleck went on to direct Coraline and had already made the classic James and the Giant Peach. Which I also love that Oh my movie. gosh, and that one was a huge... Like... Yeah, she was like both tremendous pieces of work. The set design, costumes, prosthetics, actors, all master levels. At least with the under part, uh, underworld parts of the film. What Fox Studios did was turn the film into... And to this, because of their fear and lack of artistic thinking, was a travesty. They truly robbed us, the audience, of a possible classic. And that's her little quote, basically. Like, her kind of throwing shade at the Fox um, executives and everything. I looked further into this, trying to find the information, like, was he fired halfway through? Mm -hmm. I couldn't find anything regarding him being, like, fire-fired. But it does appear that there must have been something that happened during this middle of this production, probably because it was costing so much money. And then with her mentioning the underworld part like over and over, it seems like that the stuff outside when monkey bones like in Brendan Fraser's body and stuff, it seems like they must have had more in part to like do more with those scenes. That's the feeling I got. So what I was able to find was that... A quote saying the making the movie was very hard on Selleck, mainly due to the risk, the firing of 20th Century Fox president, Bill Mechanic. He was known for taking risks, but he had been fired by Fox's CEO, Rupert Murdoch, who hated his work ethic. While the replacement was, quote, not evil, they were unsure of how to sell the film and thus lacked advertising for it. Selleck's main problem was that it simply did not stick to the vision that he had in mind when he first boarded the project, and by the end, he felt it did not reach its potential. Um, Selleck has been quoted as saying, I would still like to do a director's cut because there's a lot of cool stuff that was removed. Hmm. Um, He was like, my main lesson learned is I don't really do well in the live action universe. I love my world of stop motion. I went down a slippery slope to make Monkey Bone, but the film that came out of it is not my vision of what the film could have been. And I just don't thrive in that. So there is more. It just seems like, yeah, yeah, exactly. It seems like it was just kind of more of, he probably had some really cool, creepy shit in there. And the executives are probably like, no, if it's going to be a comedy, we got to make it a comedy. Like, I'm sure that's, it was one of those situations, I bet. So kind of stinks on that part. Uh, but yeah, it was not well received probably for those reasons. So it's funny cause it kind of bit the executives in the ass. Mm-hmm. Cause I bet if they just would have kept it, how all of the actors and the creators and stuff wanted it to be, I bet it would have become like a cult hit even, or at least made its money. Uh, I got a lot of this information from like Screen Rant, Roger Ebert, Cinema.com. Um, I found the Dark Town review on YouTube by Bob Show. 
and Hollywood into Toto <laughs> for <laughs> some more of the facts. So with that, Jess is going to uh, take it away and read the Yagogal Summer. Life could not be better for cartoonist Stu Miley. He has created a hit comic strip featuring Monkey Bone, a petulant rascal with a penchant for wisecracks and racy antics. Stu, happy and in love with his beautiful girlfriend Julie, is on the verge of big success as his comic strip is about to be a national television show. On the night that Stu is to propose to Julie, he gets struck down in a freak accident. What were your recollections of this film? I really don't remember anything. Anything. Wow, I okay. just remember Brendan Fraser was in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I had no idea who the woman was. I did not remember any of them, like Monkey Bone being in his body coming back. I was like, oh. Because <laughs> when the, he was like getting his exit pass and coming out, mm-hmm. I was like, this early? So that was a surprise. <laughs> so yeah, it was basically like my first time watching it. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, yeah, the recollections I had, I remembered that Monkey Bone takes his body. I did remember that. Um, I believe I had this movie on VHS. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so I did watch it a lot. I love Brendan. I loved Brendan Fraser. Like mm-hmm. I was just obsessed. Doors of the Jungle. Um, I even loved Airheads. Oh Same. God, I watched so much of Airheads. Oh, he was like, oh my God, so he was so good. handsome in Airheads. <laughs> yeah, and George. And like life. I said, The Mummy. I was obsessed with The mm-hmm. Mummy. Um, so yeah, just huge fan of his. So this movie for me was just totally up my alley. And also, I love the weird, creepy vibe of of the underworld area and everything. Yeah. So I was really into stop motion. Like all, so for me, it kind of hit those markers. In 2001, You're I was like, was also... this maybe made just for me? Because <laughs> <laughs> in 2001, I was also like literally 12 or like 13 years old. Yeah. So. Yeah, because 2000, I was 16. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I was 13 or 14 then. So it was just, I was the perfect age to where it was goofy enough. And <laughs> and I like weird stuff. Like, I like weird stuff. For me, I was like, oh, this movie's great. To to read now what a flop it actually was. Like, I knew it didn't do great, but I didn't know it did that bad. I didn't know that many people, like, disliked it that much. Um, I I knew it wasn't, like, a big hit. I just remember going to, like, DVD really quickly. Yeah, yeah. I just remember that. There's a lot of, and I feel like there's a lot of comedies, though, during that era. That was kind of a common thing, too. Right. You know? But I remember how much trash everybody talked about, like, Waterworld, and I loved it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, (laughs) I didn't, I was like, I don't know. Doesn't mean anything to me. Right? So, yeah, that's pretty much our recollections, though. Uh, Jessica had none. I mm-hmm. was kind of into it for my own little reasons, but did not remember a lot of specifics. And then I kind of forgot, though. I'm like, so Chris Catan is on the cover. And, for that five-minute part. And I knew he was in it, but then when I went into it, I could not remember how or why Chris Catan was in it. No recollection of that. And... <laughs> <laughs> but he did I, he's so good at physical comedy 
He is. I mean, that's how he hurt himself, but... And in the full Roger Ebert review, they even... Everyone... All the reviews I did read all talked well about that one scene. Like, that was the scene. Which, to me, was even surprising. I'm like, really? That's the... I mean, it was probably the funniest scene in the movie. But I don't know if it's, like, the best. Like... (laughs) (laughs) But Chris Kattan is a hilarious guy. He was always one of my favorite Mm -hmm. SNL players or whatever they're called. Um... Now, Chris Kattan comes at the very end of the film. Um, we're going to give you the rundown because the summer wasn't very good that you found. No, it was not. So he does. He gets into a car accident, um, goes into a coma. He was a artist. The way they open the film, though, is weird. They open it with a cartoon. Well, first they open it that the credit scene is forever long, and it's supposed to be like him painting something. Yeah, and then I was like... <laughs> It was like all this time painting this, and I was like, that's what you painted? Like, I feel like that's not even worth getting acrylics out for. And then when he was taking that giant Sharpie around that wet acrylic, I was like, oh! And then they go into a cartoon, and you realize, okay, they're supposed to be at like some kind of like um, premiere. You're in a movie theater. You see people in a movie theater. Oh, right, right, right. And right. then they play this cartoon. Right. And it sucks. The cartoon. Yeah. I like, was like, ew. Totally forgot about this part. Yeah. So the cartoon is supposed to be, like, uh, Stu's character. I guess he's supposed to be, like, a cartoon of himself. And Monkey Bone is representing, like, a part of his personality. Uh, you but find out... a boner. A boner, Monkey yeah. Monkey boner. Did not remember that at all. <laughs> no, I was like, okay, so Monkey Bone is Monkey Boner. Yeah. It's supposed to be his... And, and that's where you're like, okay, so it's just supposed to be... His penis? Because even later, Bridget Fonda's character is like, oh, well, let's bring out Monkey Bone. Talking about his Yeah, dick. right. Like, but then in another respect later, like, when it's all said and done, death combines them together and puts Monkey Bone back inside of Brendan Fraser's character. And then she's like, oh, well, you just weren't very fun without him. Like, you know, if they're not together. So I feel like... I can see where there was supposed to be a better story in this. And I bet that's where the director and probably what Rose McGowan is referring to. I don't think it was supposed to be like a boner. (laughs) I think that's where the everything got jumbled up maybe. Because those little inklings, like when you're watching it and like about the thing and then it's supposed to be more of like his sense of humor and his emotional baggage you know that's kind of what makes you you a little bit your trauma in a way right well but you know and then he compartmentalized or kind of separated it and he's and it caught up with him basically um in this coma world and and the afterlife kind of stuff so yeah so it has these really cool themes i feel like throughout it that it really could have went into and instead, you get it's a boner. Like, <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> like, way to cheapen it. Uh, yeah, it really did. So, that that's where you're like, oh, man. <laughs> but I feel like uh, the costumes, very 2001. What he's wearing. <laughs> like, and when he's supposed to be, they open with, uh, again, like I said, it's like the premiere with him. He's a struggling artist, and he doesn't... This is what I don't get. I'm like, so you make this stuff, but you don't want to make money from it? Like, is that what you're saying? I, I know, right? Like, like, the, I, was like I want to get out of here. 
like, I just want to go home with you because you're more important. It's like, well, you still got bills to pay, bro. And she's like, come on, dude. Like, they're yeah. Not, not and I guess maybe that's also, again, though, maybe that's what they're saying. Like, without him having monkey bone and, like, as part of him, as this, like, sense of humor and his whatever side of him that it really was supposed to be, maybe. Maybe that's why he's, like, doesn't want the fame surrounding it. I guess. Because he's just boring and sad without him. They said he was vanilla. Yeah. But the jacket he's wearing, it's like that little patchy looking one. Like, it was just so of the time. I was like, yeah. yeah. I feel like an artist, like some kind of like comic book artist. And then the way he gets in a coma is because of inflatable monkey bone. Yeah. Fills up in the car. He accidentally inflates a, I guess, a lawn size. Yeah. Or Macy's Day Parade. Fucking <laughs> It was bone. basically Macy's Day Parade size. And that's how it causes the accident. Bridget Fonda unscathed. Right. Not a scratch. But he is a full coma. And I'm like, but how though? If they went backwards, like you think the cushion from the... <laughs> yeah. They don't, they don't really explain it. It's not done very well. For it to be kind of almost... I don't... Almost on the... Verge of emotional towards the end. Yeah, exactly. That's where it starts so like silly. Uh huh. It's it is. It's a weird. Like you can tell. Okay, it was probably supposed to be this one way, and then it was just like forced into being. The editing is all overly. Yeah, and I feel like maybe the humor was even a little different, and maybe I hope that's what they're talking about. Even when they're like, oh, well, especially the underworld part, because it feels like. The humor in the real world is so juvenile. Right. And then the humor in the underworld and all that is a little more... It's still juvenile to an extent because you have monkey bone, but, like, all the other jokes, too, like, kind of hit better um, mm-hmm. uh, in a way. Although Scott... Uh, Scott. Uh, Dave Foley. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Foley's character in the real world, I like him to an extent, but even his character feels a little too... Because, like, when they get to the end when he gets drugged with the nightmare juice. Uh, I felt like it was supposed to be funny, but it just didn't... Didn't land. It didn't land. I did like the sinking effect. Got very sunken. In the... <laughs> sunken place vibes. Yeah. Like, when he was deflating. Yes. Was, uh, that was creepy. That was uh, Julie's nightmare. That was her, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when they show her nightmare, like when they show the nightmares, I am all about it. They're yeah. so cool. Like they're very creepy. The prosthetics, all of the like practical effects and stuff, very cool to me. Like mm-hmm. again, that's the reason why I liked this movie so much. But yeah, so then he was trying to basically the god of nightmares or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, god of could, sleep. Yeah. <laughs> So that he could go steal an exit pass from death, and mm-hmm. that was how you got out and you woke up from your coma. Yeah. Um, and they even show, like, an old guy who gets an exit pass. Right. That one of these, like, Reapers... And I like that the Reapers weren't in black. They were in weird, white, white like, almost mache. like paper mache Dementor vibes. Yeah. And then when they took him off, they just went, whoo. Yeah. <laughs> just went, Spirit flew away. <laughs> but anyway... Um, I didn't realize it was going to happen so quickly. Like I said, I was like, oh, shit, I thought more of the movie was in the underworld. Exactly, yeah. Um, and then, But it was like 30 minutes in almost, wasn't it? It was. It was very quick. Now, time is supposed to be going by in the real world. And I do feel like you are supposed to feel a little disoriented when you're in downtown or whatever. Right. 
uh, because you're not really supposed to have a sense of time, um, which is fine. Yeah, but it was like, this. you made this really cool fucking place. Why aren't we here more? Right. Like, it did felt like they showed a little too much of the real world. Um, and then you get the switch where, oh, it turns out Monkey Bone and all of the people of downtown, basically, are working against him. Yeah. Which you find out when he goes there that apparently... He was well known in this before he even was in a coma because he had such terrible nightmares. So you get a little bit of, and this is where it gets a little convoluted. But I'm like, but he, cre- all of these are like his creations, aren't they? Because like, they look like all of the, all of them are his nightmares. Exactly. So is any of this even real? Is it, yeah. So is it really actually death and, and this coma world or is it not? But then other people are leaving it. Or is that just in his head and in his imagination? And this is where it gets really convoluted. So, yeah, you're like, well, wait, is it all just his own imagination? He's an artist and this is just what he's thinking to make sense of things in his coma. coma. Or is, (laughs) are they really death? Is this supposed to be really like an alternate plane where your consciousness goes? Which one is it? Yeah, we need answers. Yeah, so you you don't really get a, a huge solid answer but then you kind of do because if death is able to send him back in different dead bodies yeah right. then obviously that's it's not a real of his imagination yeah so it just seems read, like it read. seems like he was still though just a celebrity of downtown simply because he had such vivid crazy nightmares yeah must must be that would make i sense. think that's more of just the exception that his nightmares were so horrible and so lucid possibly that they did become real real like maybe that's what it is because you do get again the the backstory is oh he's had these horrible nightmares that he's really right-handed and that's how he meets bridget fonda julie uh character um is at a sleep clinic Mm -hmm. and he always calls her doc yeah. And so that is, that's the little thing of, oh, how I know you're you kind of situation. Um, because as we mentioned, Monkey Bone ends up screwing him over and going into his body. Because mm-hmm. now that he's been with Julie and doing all this stuff, he doesn't do his nightmares anymore. And they're like, yo, we need more nightmares. But also he says he's the god of sleep. So why do they only get off on nightmares? Like, why aren't these people having fun in regular dreams too? Must be like uh, Monsters, Inc. Getting more energy out of <laughs> screams. Maybe. Maybe but that's really what it is. really, laughs. Yeah, so they make Monkey Bone while he's fun. And I get why the director would want, like, this stop motion, like, character sidekick type thing. Uh, Monkey Bone himself. Eh. Yeah, you kind of don't get eh, into he, it. He wasn't really that endearing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and him. Well, he as, wasn't. There wasn't anything that you liked about him. No, and then when, as he came back as Brendan Fraser, and they made sure soul patch, soul patch. That's how you knew. And like the sideburns, the sideburns, like those triangles, the sideburns. really clunky ones. Yeah, clunky ones. That was so nineties. All he needed was some like chunky Doc Martens. Oh, when they have him in his outfit at the big um, launch, like, party thing or whatever with all the stuffed animals and he's going to nightmare juice everybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, the outfit he's wearing was so 2001. <laughs> what was it? It was just awful. Yeah, it was, like, like silky and shiny, yeah. like, overshirt, but it had, like, the, the dress pants that, like, every guy wore that year. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it was just bad. But, like I said, Miss Kitty, the character of Miss Kitty, and just the whole vibe of downtown mm-hmm. was done really well. Her outfit's a 10, her makeup's a 10, everything's a 10. Her acting's a 10. Yeah. I love the purring. Yes, and that's the thing, too, is they don't go enough with her in it. I know you can tell that they cut probably out a lot that had more of her involved. Because Mm -hmm. you get her in the beginning, you get her being kind of flirty and nice, going like, oh, he's one of the good ones, you know, like, and then she comes and helps him. Like, that's kind of all you get of her a little bit, because she feels bad, like, I'm sorry they tricked you, like, what am I going to do? But she does end up helping them. Mm-hmm. But they could have done way more Miss Kitty. And I love her eating the guard. Yes. <laughs> She's like, get out of here. I know. I wish, <laughs> I really wish it would have just been way more darker. Like, you could go comedy and go darker at the same yeah. time. And mm-hmm. I think that's where this movie would have, would have hit the right notes. I don't think, I think it was harder to put that in a category back then. Yeah, probably. And, again, if the executives are wanting something more marketable. But then they don't market it. You know, that's the thing, too. So, but, honestly, because you put your little fingers into it and made it unmarketable. Right. (laughs) You made it unwatchable. (laughs) I like, though, there was one scene There were some scenes that were so cringy. I could hardly watch. Oh, and there were some that were weird and funny and for some random ways. Like when he almost sits on that one bug guy. It was like a bug, but it's a guy's face. And he's like, get your fat ass out of my face. <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah. That cracked me up. But like, what cringy are you talking about? Uh, just like him and when he was in the real world as Monkey Bone. Oh, like, yeah. Just a lot of the way he acted in that and like his little strip tease dance. I was like, oh, I can't watch. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And the whole scene, and I feel like they knew what they were doing was cringy because it's like, that's not stew let's be honest right you know like again it's one of those comedy movies where they think this idea is so funny you're like no it's not that is not where this humor lies oh just sleep with my girl that's whatever it's strip dance so hard to watch (laughs) yeah because basically they they start showing that monkey bone oh he's having a great time in the real world and he is being the opposite of obviously what stew was so now he's marketing fucking everything right um, which then it almost feels like they were trying to do a commentary on the maybe like the idea of like selling out or merchandising or kind of that mass marketing of certain things that maybe don't need to be mass marketed. Um, and they even show them like interviewing with all these suits of like burger places and they have a place called Burger God. <laughs> yeah. With like pig stomachs or something. Pig guts. Pig guts. And he's like, got a pig he's gut. Like, and it, 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 it. Chewing on it. Like, so it could have this, like, gross, weird humor. And then, yeah, it just, all of it did not, did not mesh together well. Yeah. I don't know what it was, though, because, like, it could have been. It could have been, Because he's a good actor. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But I just didn't like him as that. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't enjoy watching him as that character. Well, and I feel like they made Monkey Bone, like I said, they didn't give you enough Monkey Bone is too separated. They have Stu too much one way and Monkey Bone too much the other way to where I understand the... That was kind of the idea, I guess. I understand the idea, but they didn't make one or the other endearing enough to kind of care as much. Yeah. 
Like, especially Monkey Bone. And then Stu, he is kind of vanilla almost. Like, I just love my girlfriend. I just love my girlfriend. Like, uh, boring. <laughs> but you can sit here and still talk about your boners. Like, and your cartoon. I don't know. Yeah, very disjointed. It. You could have been a contender. <laughs> Now, I have to say, one of my favorite parts, though, was when he gets captured and they're like, no, we're taking your body. And they throw him, like, down in the sewer area where they're hiding people. And this is other people that basically (laughs) you find out that they, the citizens have fucked over these certain people who were good nightmare producers. Right. And so then I guess they sent these people who somehow had their own monkey bones or, um... Figments. Figments of their imaginations. And you find out that yeah, Stephen King... Here, a uh, fun fact was Stephen King was going to actually do it. It looked like Yeah, him. no, they got a guy close enough, but he was going to do it. But just something happened with scheduling conflicts to where he wasn't able to. So then they got... They brought in that yeah. guy who did great, though. Like, he really did a great Stephen yeah, King. he looked friend. a lot like him. Because at first I was like, is that really Stephen King? Yeah, no, it was. They were trying to get really Stephen King and they weren't able to get him. But um, he was, like, on board, I think. Yeah, he, it was, was funny. So funny. It was very funny. And his uh, his figment was supposed to be Kucho. Yeah. <laughs> so I love that Kucho is the one that's supposed to be in Stephen King's body and at that moment. <laughs> Writing the nightmares, I guess, for everyone else. Um, the god of dreams, his little goat legs. Yes. Cracked me The up. way they made him walk was also creepy, though, too. <laughs> it was always, like, weirdly drunken. And yeah. Like, yeah. Like, Lean it felt... one side or the other. It felt dreamlike. Yeah. It, it was, uh, it was weird. I mean, his dreams were creepy. Um, like, when that, when he fell into the painting and that came to life and, like... He's I, like a carrot being, I, like... <laughs> open like weird and, but I remember having a dream like that where like somebody was trying to cut me open and I was like stuck looking at it like Ew, I've had a dream no, like that I've before. never had a dream like that so I felt they did that well yeah like, that like fear capture that, that yeah. idea of it because yeah. they did the way that they like zoom in on his face when he's supposed to be this weird root vegetable yeah, thing like, he like, looked terrifying yeah, yeah and he looks like he's stuck like and paralyzed yeah. in that moment so it was like they did that well they yeah. had some really good visual imagery in this movie um, while it might be one and a half stars and rated really low, I still say give it a watch. Oh, yeah. Well, at least once. Yeah, at least once. Because, um, yeah, you get weird shit like that. <laughs> and I love the Chris Kattan, the whole Chris Kattan scene. Yeah. I love. So we eventually get back there because uh, he does end up getting, like I said, help from Miss Kitty. So he escapes. And then the next scene that you do get is him, like, being, like, on a, a stretching, like, torture machine, like, in death. Because death's, like, really, you're going to sneak into my place, like, two times in, like, a really short period of time. Um, so you know he gets caught. But then they just kind of, like... It's still, like, brushed aside, like, oh, well, death actually kind of likes you, so you lucked out and get just conveniently this all to work in your favor. Right. Um, And that's when he gets sent back. He, though, of course, is only asking for, like, an hour. He does say, hey, I just want to go back and, like, let her know that that is, in fact, not actually me and tell my girlfriend I love her and, like, say goodbye. Um, so she's like, you know what? I'll give you that. It's reasonable. Yeah. He's reasonable. not asking to go Because back she knows her. Monkey Bone did hijack a body. So she right. knows she has a mess to take care of anyway, essentially. Um, I guess is the reasoning. Um, so they do let him go back. And that's when you get the hilarious Chris Kattan scene. 
again, though, fits in weird. It's comical. It's just like a different pace than the rest of the movie. But the, the, the doctors are chasing him the whole time against organs. The whole time. Are hilarious. And that whole scene was hilarious. Oh, yeah. And I even have a couple of lines that I wrote that Bob Odenkirk's lines were very funny. <laughs> uh, so they have, was it, damn you, dead man. <laughs> we don't need invitations. We have diplomas. <laughs> organs falling out like yeah. when it fell on the grill <laughs> so it was like serving like a kidney yeah. to somebody right and then the doctors are just running like it's still good it's still good we can make money from these nice. organs nice. oh, and man, that was so funny and that he's still like because you also find out the body he's in is a dead gymnast like so famous like a famous he's like on the cover like people are seeing him run around and they're like looking at the newspaper where it's like gymnast dies and like, like obviously he was stinky yeah he was like on the bus <laughs> so the whole scene was very funny but they do like because it's basically what it is is Brennan Fraser in in Chris Kattan's uh, body is chasing Monkey Bone and they somehow get on this giant again a Macy's Day parade fucking balloon of of Monkey Bone and the balloon scene it it's not, it's too long it's, it's too long of a sequence yeah. it's not it's funny the scenes with Chris Kattan but they could have shortened it it wasn't really that necessary. Uh, Again, it made it a weird kind of pacing at the end of it. Um, But it basically kills them. Mm -hmm. And then they're able to both go back. And then she basically is like, oh, it's okay. I'm going to let you go back to your own body. Well, and that was the thing, too, because he stole that exit pass. It wasn't like he was supposed... Like, technically, if... You're really going to go by it, wouldn't death be like, no, we're going to put you back in a coma and now you have to chill and wait here until I decide if you're going to wake up again. Like, I think that would have been. <laughs> that would be Stephanie as death. <laughs> that, yeah, yeah. Now, now you have to learn. Now you have to make your bed. Now you got to lie in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So uh, instead, she's like, you know what? We're just going to, uh, I'm going to smack monkey bone right back into you. And now I'm going to send you back on your way. Here's your penis. Yeah. Now you can go. <laughs> And so then it shows him now waking up from the dead as the doctors are stealing the rest of the organs out of um, Chris Kattan's dead Right. Body. And then for some reason, him waking up freaked them out. Enough to where they're like, fuck this. Not the other guy that has been running around dead this whole time. And how Chris Kattan, because the whole thing is his neck supposed to be broken, and how he ran around <laughs> with like his neck was actually broken until yes, he like taped it on it. That was, that was, was so well done. That physical comedy. It was. really was. He nailed it uh, for what he was supposed to be doing. And mm-hmm. I also read that apparently Chris Kattan really did break his neck I, doing yeah. a sketch. It was, Dave told me about this last night. Um, it was when he would do that, like that monkey. Mango? Mango. <laughs> and he like threw himself back in, like when he was on a chair. Oh my God. And like just the way he landed. And it wasn't like, he was like, it hurt, but it, he didn't know until later that, yeah, he broke like several oh, vertebrae shit. in his neck. And he was so good. Like, like I said, he was like the physical comedy. He was so good at it. The I timing know. and the. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause he did a good job. I know this is the front of songs, yeah. but I'm like, you go Chris. <laughs> he was kind this of the MVP of this He movie. was. We'll give him to the me. MVP of this yeah. movie. He really was. He was to me. 
So, yeah, so that was Monkey Bone. <laughs> I mean, the reviews are right. It's not very good. Like, it really, it really isn't. I just hold a torch for it and just what, because I liked it when I was younger. It's more nostalgia, and I just really loved the idea of this underworld, the way they did it. I like the visuals. I like the weird carnival. Like, it's supposed to be, like, Disneyland, but it's, like, a nightmare version. Yeah. Like, I was into that kind of idea and style. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it felt like there was an underlying good movie. I would, like, I would watch a director's cut to see exactly what was removed, and we probably would be getting more of the underworld stuff that you wanted, and maybe not as much of that cringy. I think Monkey Bone, um, real like the real world shots. Yeah. I, I bet there was a better, different kind of balance. And that's when, in the beginning, I said the movie should have been longer. Because I bet if you would have left in more of the underworld stuff. And less of the. And less of the other stuff. And got that more fleshed out kind of story of like the real deeper stuff that felt like there were undertones of. Like it could have been a more like highbrow kind of dark comedy as opposed to whatever this was <laughs> it was almost like not a gross out 90s but like almost yeah. along that kind of it like was like trying. zany yeah <laughs> zany comedy the zany comedy brought to you by the guys yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it was one of those that you would see advertised on a vhs like before the movie mm-hmm. yeah. brought to you by the guys who did road trip <laughs> <laughs> And Van Wilder. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, ew, now. Like, Code, you gotta see some titties. <laughs> but we didn't actually see any titties no, in it. So it that's why I said it was like, yeah. It was like trying to be crass, but then it wasn't crass enough. Yeah. It just wasn't enough of anything. Right. It was just like <laughs> mid... Yeah. And I like I said, I feel like Roger Ebert's review was right in that it didn't feel like life was like breathe into it breathe yeah. into it yeah like meh okay you could like say so you could have been a contender yeah i mean it was worth a watch just because like i said i love brendan Fraser. well and you had no memory of it no, so it was yeah it was like a first time watch for you so that worked out and then yeah so next week we're gonna do in or next week next episode we're mm-hmm. gonna do encino man encino man so we'll see how that one holds up i mean i still have core memories of this movie of me being 13 watching this movie yeah. watching Brendan and fraser in this movie <laughs> and being like and next month is spooky season and we kind of planned like um a creature feature theme going with pumpkin head pumpkin head and that's what i chose Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. So West specifically Cruise. kind of 80s creature yes. features. Yes, exactly. 80s creature features. It's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. I have not seen Pumpkinhead. I don't know if I've ever actually seen Pumpkinhead. I, I was, just know of Pumpkinhead. I was really young when I watched it. Um, and then it was one of those. I was like, I will never watch it again. <laughs> Until now. Until now. I'm ready. <laughs> Ooh, excited. 30 something years later. <laughs> <laughs> like I can withstand pumpkin head I can, now. I can do it. Again. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> After Event Horizon, I can do anything. <laughs> you can't. You have faced your fears. I faced my you biggest fears. This faced your couple movie years. Fears. Um, I, I mean, movie wise, there isn't anything that really scares me anymore. I think I'm like fully desensitized now. Okay. 
I still get jump scared. You know, if something jumps out at me, I'm like, ah, you know. But, like, nothing ever sticks with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, maybe one day. Stuff sticks with me all the time. I'll be going to bed and imagine a hand grabbing my ankle. <laughs> I'm trying to get in bed. <laughs> no, I'm in my closet. There's going to be a clown in there. Like, these things just run through my mind every day. <laughs> oh, man. I wish. I don't ever freak myself out anymore. Uh, almost every day I'll freak myself out. And I'll, like... Go into my bathroom like somebody in my mirror. <laughs> Candyman. Yes. Bloody Mary. Exactly. <laughs> Someone's so there. many options. <laughs> Scream mask. <laughs> Ghost no. face killer. No, I never get like scared like that anymore. I now if I watch video games, if I watch my husband play like horror video games, I do still get that same anxiety, anxiety and excitement because I feel like you're more immersed in it too, you know, because he's making the decisions. And, and when I've tried to play personally, that's when I get, so that's where I get that rush now is I'll get Andrew to make me play like a horror video game. And then I'm like, ah, (laughs) (laughs) I know. So I'm ready for uh, the spooky season and I'm also looking forward to the end of this month. So I guess, uh, as always, you can find us at Filmgazers on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. On the Twitter is where you'll find the link to the Discord. (laughs) (laughs) You know the drill. (laughs) You know it. Um, as we mentioned though, I am going into the off season. Um, I'm going to go back to work next week. And then the week after that, I'm going to start having an extra day off a week. Nice. Uh, mainly it's going to be focused on my actual business, but, uh, just in general, it's going to be slower season, um, to where I feel like I'll just be able to have a little more like brain power to focus on some other brain things power. again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just mentally exhausted. Yeah, exactly. So I will be... Uh, getting to do all of those things that I've mentioned in previous episodes of the little goodies I want to make people or send you guys and all that stuff. So, get ready. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to happen eventually. Well, time to hit the dusty trail. Until next time. (laughs) Later, taters.